Hey, everybody. This is Adam, co-host of the podcast you're about to listen to. Don't skip this. It's not an ad. Just dropping in to let you know that your eyes do not deceive you. The often talked about, but rarely listened to, Jose Canseco season of You Don't Even Like Sports is now available to the entire public for free. If you're listening to this the day it all happened, the first two episodes are available now. We'll upload one of the remaining four episodes each day starting on Monday. What's with all the drama? Why not release them all at once? Well, it's because we're building up to something. You see, next Friday, August 19th, the absolutely legendary John Daly season of You Don't Even Like Sports is finally being released free to the public. Who's John Daly? I promise you it doesn't matter. John Daly could be a guy who works at a Kinko's in Florida, and you would still want to listen to this season of You Don't Even Like Sports. He's a golfer, though, by the way. I promise you do not want to miss it. And you don't want to miss the Jose Canseco season which you're about to start enjoying right now. Just a heads up that this is the very first episode of You Don't Even Like Sports, and as such, it's a little more actual sports heavy than the episodes that follow after it. Don't worry, in no time at all, it's nothing but steroid injections, sex with Madonna, and almost killing the guy from the Nugenics Total T commercials who wants to sleep with your wife. Or you. If you're listening to this episode on the Unpopular Opinion feed, please note that episode two, and possibly more episodes than that, depending on when you're listening, can be found right damn now over on the You Don't Even Like Sports feed. Check them out at anchor.fm slash you don't sports or wherever else you get your podcasts. And thanks. We love you. Let's get to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jose Canseco Cast, a podcast about baseball legend Jose Canseco, with your hosts, Jeff May and Adam Todd Brown. Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome. Bienvenidos. <laughs> there it is. A Jose Consecast. Welcome to Jose Consecast, a podcast about Jose Conseco. My hero. Is he your up. hero? One of growing up. Absolutely, he was. I grew up in Illinois, so my hero was somebody was a gangster. Well, yeah, somebody. Larry Hoover. <laughs> yeah, founder of the Gangster Disciples. Right. I had three: Walter Payton, Michael Jordan, Ryan, Ryan Sandberg. Sandberg. I knew you were going to say Sandberg. Rhino baby. I knew you were going to say Sandberg. He was great. Yeah, he I was had his eighty-four tops card. Yeah, he was fantastic, but I was way into Conseco as a kid. I tell you what, so my introduction to real baseball, other than just it being on in the house, I was seven and I got sick. My dad bought me a box of 88 tops. Nice. Not a particularly fantastic set. It's not a great year. It's Those not the, the wood grain, is no, it? No, that's 87. That's 87. Wood grain's 87. 88 has the little banner going across the corners. Yeah. And then 89 has the little kind of swooshy. 86 was a good year. 86 was great. Black cards with pastel colored yeah. names. Yeah. Yeah. The 86, 86 was great. And 86, we'll talk we'll about talk it at one point, that, yeah. but 86 is a very important baseball card year for Jose Canseco. Yeah, Jose Canseco, his rookie year, 
as far as the baseball card world. As far as baseball concerned. cards, yeah. I had grails. I had the 86 Donruss rated rookie on my want list. Never got it. I had a few. You had the 86 rated rookie? I was in the thick of collecting baseball yeah. cards then because my baseball card collecting years ran from 84 to 90. Yeah. Or 89, somewhere around okay. there. So Jose Canseco was, that rookie card was right in the right, thick. Right, literal middle of it, yeah. And my dad was so engaged in collecting baseball cards with me. He very much encouraged it. He took me to baseball card shows. I went to some shows with my dad. <sighs> I met Joe DiMaggio as a child at wow. a baseball card show. And my dad That's went. That's where he has gone. Yeah. When each season's cards would come out, my dad would just go to the store and yeah, buy a few like boxes, a case, yeah. and we would fucking come home and just open them up. Through them. I remember getting a ninety uh, a box of ninety one Fleer. That was like a thing I really wanted. Oh yeah, uh, it was a hideous set. Fleer was always my least favorite. They had those painting cards though that I just loved so much. Oh right, right. They were like their version of the Dream Team or whatever. And yeah, I just was obsessed with those cards. Yeah. And Canseco was my guy. Remember the 88 score Dream Team Canseco card? With him and McGuire? No, the Dream Team card where he was shirtless. And oh, yeah. Jeans. It was like 88 or 89 score. I think it was 89, actually. It's like, come on, Jose. No, man. He was a fucking Adonis. <laughs> he was. I was listening to, I was uh, reading slash listening to a book about Barry Bonds. And his inspiration to do steroids was Jose Canseco. Because he saw Canseco at some charity event. And Canseco had taken his shirt off, and Bonds was like, fuck, man. Yeah. What do you do? And Jose's like, I'll tell you what I do. <laughs> I'll tell you what I do. See, the thing is, is he wasn't stingy with that information. He wanted to help out his yeah. competitors. Yeah. People competing against him. Well, that's how he got into it. He asked a friend. Yeah. And that friend was like. And they tell two friends. Right. And they tell two friends. It's like a pyramid And scheme. so on. And so on. <laughs> It's a pyramid scheme of shriveled testicles and back hair. Yeah, and angry back acne and road rage. Well, anyway, so we were looking in who to do a podcast on. Right. And that kind of came up. You were like, well, what about this? I was like, I want this. I called dibs on it. it. took me less than half a second. I loved Jose Canseco. One of the last teams he played for was in my hometown in Worcester, Massachusetts. Yeah, he did play for the White Sox also at one point, but fuck yeah. the White Sox. I'm a Cubs fan. Fuck them. Yeah. But shout out um, to Alex Schmidt. He's a White Sox Everybody fan. loves Alex Schmidt. Everyone loves Alex. So I'm really excited to do this. Yeah. If you're listening to this and haven't listened to the others, we've been doing a lot of podcasts like this lately where we'll do six episode seasons about one person or one band. It started with Heart Shape Pod, which was me and Travis Clark and eventually Andy Sell talking about the band Nirvana, which there's Ooh. like. 30 some episodes of that and then we realized we should probably break these up into seasons so then right. we did limp biscuit corn me and carrie did mariah carrie like that and now here's me and jeff doing jose canseco jose canseco probably the best musician of all possibly the best musician there is yeah, yeah. it's like a biography podcast because he was juiced he was juiced so yeah we're talking about jose canseco I feel like we'll be able to get through the entire story in six episodes. I would think so. Because it's funny because I think for a lot of times there's a lot of chronology on these types of episodes. But with Jose, I think you have to be more categoric. Yeah. You want to cover his stuff. You're going to have to jump around a little like steroids are going to come up every episode. You we can't, can't not. We can't wait to talk about steroids because he starts using them pretty early in his career. Yeah. yeah. All you got to do is make a promise. Yeah. I will do steroids. Dear mama, I will do steroids. 
Yeah, and so here we go. He, uh, I like how impressive he was before steroids. Yeah, he got drafted straight out of high school, which that happens a lot. It does with baseball and, players. Yeah, they get farmed, and you yeah, know, but a lot of times they go to college. Right. And the baseball draft, it works kind of weird where if you go to college, then you're not eligible for a few more years or something like that. So he went straight out of high school, which we're glossing over a lot of his childhood. He was born in fucking Havana, Cuba. Born in Cuba, was there for like a very short time. There very briefly. And then his parents fled the Castro regime, basically. Very capitalist. And then resettled in Cuba. Yeah. In Miami. Yeah, in Miami. And Jose Canseco went to Miami Coral Park High School. And one thing that comes up in his biography is he didn't make the varsity team until his senior year. But you hear that a lot about Jordan, too. And it's like, that's not that rare. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's, fine. that's, that's what his... the varsity team is for. And yeah. players improve and learn at different paces. Yeah. He didn't reach the best until he was best. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, that is 100% how that works. Right. And he was MVP of the junior varsity team his junior year, and then MVP of the varsity team his senior year. Yeah, so and he and graduates then, uh, in 82. Right. Oh, uh, fucking old ass. I had just been born. I was six. They, I was just born when they went to celebrate Jose. 82 is actually my first experience with baseball cards because Burger King, they did this weird thing where they had – baseball cards that they put out and each one was individually wrapped in cellophane yeah and the first baseball card i ever remember seeing was a burger king robin yount card oh, and it was like yeah. 82 83 Solid mustache like oh yeah guy always was like oh is larry bird playing yeah he though? looked a lot like larry bird but yeah got drafted straight out of high school to the pros by oakland by the oakland a's yeah which is where I think most people know Jose Canseco from. That's it. So he was there, drafted by the A's, and he was really good. He was good right away. Yeah. That is a big advantage I think baseball holds over other sports in that they are willing to let young people who are really talented just go right into the league. Yeah, and instead. learn on the job. Right, as opposed to the NBA, which has the yeah. one-and-done rule, which is some racist bullshit. It's dumb. Yeah. I don't think it's so much racist as it is a way to keep these colleges in tax-free money. Yeah, and what you're seeing now, there's this prospect who I think he plays in Australia, and everyone was like, oh, what college is he going to commit to? And he was like, I'm not. I'm going to go play in China until the NBA wants me, and then China can pay me until then. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck, what if every kid starts doing that? Every kid should fucking every start, kid doing should that. start doing that yeah, shit. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll play in Greece. Yeah. It's like, oh, what if you get hurt in Greece? What if you get hurt at Duke? Duke's yeah. not going to take care of Duke's you. Duke's going to be like, sorry, you lost your scholarship. That's what Duke's yeah. going to do. Good luck graduating now, fuckface. Yeah, enjoy your three ballroom dancing classes <laughs> that you're not even showing up to. The NCAA is a fucking scam. It is. It really is. And that's another reason baseball is probably my favorite sport. The American pastime. Because they're like, fuck the NCAA. Yeah. Fuck them. So he's drafted and is immediately great. Yeah. Like, he's fantastic. He was compared to Mickey Mantle constantly. As a teen, basically. Yeah, which is nuts. Because if you're not familiar, Mickey Mantle is one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Definitely the most productive alcoholic yeah. Possibly of all time. He really, as an alcoholic. Like Hemingway levels of productivity. But Mantle's fucking forearms. Mantle's known for like having tree trunk 
forearms, I I'm, remember. Yeah, I'm always surprised because when they compare Jose Canseco to Mickey Mantle, one of the things I'm always surprised to hear about Mantle is how fast he was. Yeah. Because he doesn't look fast. Muscle-bound men don't always look fast, but you got to remember, they're like fucking racehorses. Yeah. Every pound on their body is designed for function. Right. So, yeah, it, they're going to be fucking fast. I met Mickey Mantle as a child. Yeah, like a hospital, I think? Yeah, my mom worked at a hospital, and I forget what Mickey Mantle was in town for, but she was like... A liver transplant. Probably, yeah. But she was like, he's coming to the children's ward to hand out autographed pictures. And I was like, well, I'm on top of that. Yep. And I... <laughs> <laughs> I show up at the hospital and I'm following Mickey Mantle around and his people keep handing me these printed out autograph pictures where he's signed it and then they just made copies. And I'm like, that's not an autograph. That's a picture of an autograph. And that is not what I'm here for. And they just kept me at bay at bay. And I gave up and left. And then when I left, there was a limo sitting in front of the entrance. And I was like, oh, I wonder who that's for. So I just waited for Mickey and who Mantle got to out? come out. Jose Canseco. Jose Canseco. And here we are. And he signed Mickey Mantle. Yeah. <laughs> Came out, punched me, told me to leave Mickey Mantle alone. Yeah. <laughs> Injected me with steroids <laughs> in the neck. And just, that's how they went. See, that's, that's how, how we're doing this podcast. That's how Jose got you hooked on steroids. Yeah. It was a yeah. big problem in the 80s. Real grassroots. Yeah. <laughs> just, like too short, selling tapes out of his trunk. Yeah. Jose Canseco <laughs> injecting kids out of a limo. <laughs> And that's the story of how baseball was born. Uh, that's how it was born. Great. Yeah, I'll link to all of these articles on the Patreon and on Unpops.com. But I found a 1985 article, July 1985, that is, it's about Jose playing for the Tacoma Tigers of the Pacific Coast League, which would be a triple-A team, I believe. Triple or double-A? I think this was triple-A because he ends up getting called up to the majors okay. shortly oh, yeah. after this article. Because this was July 85, and he makes his debut in 85. Probably yeah. in the in September, teams yeah. are allowed to expand their roster yeah. and call that, up more Yeah, people. that's not a thing you wait on. You don't wait on pulling up yeah. Jose Canseco. You just bring him in. I remember Gary Sheffield. There's a story about Gary Sheffield. He got brought up when he was 19, and he said, took you long enough <laughs> when he got brought in. Yeah. And then Jose Canseco gave him steroids. You know who would be, after we do Canseco... And this always happens on these podcasts. I get eight minutes in and go, ooh, who should we do next? 86 Mets would be. Damn, dude. That would be an interesting fucking podcast. That Dwight would... Gooden and Daryl Strawberry. And fucking Gary Carter clutching his Bible. Yeah. Keith Hernandez fucking smoking in the dugout. And Keith Hernandez doing lines of coke <laughs> with the world's biggest nose. I saw a Keith Hernandez baseball card. I think it might have been 89 tops where it looks like he's wearing Groucho glasses. <laughs> I thought that was like a bit. Yeah. I thought he was doing a bit. Even as a kid, I was like, that's not, <laughs> that's not right. Yeah. There's a really famous picture of Keith Hernandez just smoking in the dugout. Fuck yeah, it's dude. just quintessential. Yeah. The 86 Mets would yeah. be a crazy one. That would be. So he was batting 425. He was batting 425. Pulled up. In double A. And then gets pulled up to AAA and is batting 525 by the time this article That's comes out. That's insane, by the way. Yeah, to go to the next level and your performance improves. Like, normally people need some sort of aid or benefit to make that happen. That's nuts. Yeah. How do you put it? To swing 
and hit a baseball is very difficult. Have you ever played baseball? Yes. Yeah, it's hard. And anybody who does it three out of ten times is considered a league leader. Oh, yeah. One out of two is unbelievable. Yeah, batting 500. People don't even bat 400 anymore. 406 was the greatest, right? Yeah, that That was was Ted Williams, and that was a long time ago. Yeah. The closest anyone's come since... Tony Gwynn was batting 390-something, and then there was a strike that season, and the season ended. Yikes. So, Sorry, Tony. Yeah. Racist. Not him, but I mean, <laughs> that process was racist. They were now, like, we can't let Ted Williams get. We got it on the oh, record. Okay. Tony Gwynn, super racist. Rest in peace, Tony Gwynn. R.I.P. San Diego's own. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is a quote from this article everybody you talk to says he has mantles power and mantles speed i've been here 26 years working with the club and we've never had this before that is stan nakarado tacoma's general manager imagine having that dude just on the way up coming through and you're just like oh you're gonna be insane yeah you're gonna be out of control i was lucky enough when i was way way into baseball like I just mentioned when I was super collecting cards, there was also a minor league team in my town. I grew up in Peoria, yeah. Illinois, and I actually saw Jose Canseco play in, it would have been, I think, 83. Was there a buzz and that why you went or was it a coincidence? It was a coincidence because like I was just getting into baseball and my dad was like, oh, you know, there's a minor league team. Why don't we go to a game? And it turned out to be at, at that time, Peoria's minor league team was the Peoria Suns, which was a single A affiliate of the California Angels. And the game we went to, it was the Madison Muskies. They were playing the Madison Muskies and that was Jose Canseco's team. Man, Jose Canseco in Madison, Wisconsin, man. Yeah, Must yeah. Clean it up. I saw so many fucking legends play when they were just little Dude, babies. minor league baseball is fucking awesome. Yeah, and the only major high-profile player who was ever an asshole to me as a kid, Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox, you say? Greg Maddox was a dick. Well, that's why he never got a fastball. Didn't really need one. Yeah. Well, he was pretty fucking good. Yeah, you could put it anywhere. But uh, yeah, I saw Greg Maddox, Jose Canseco, Rafael Palmero, Mark Grace. Yeah, lots of steroids. Mark Grace, eighty-eight Donruss rated rookie. Yeah, I uh, mailed a girl a Mark Grace rookie card once over summer break when we were in school because she uh, was talking about how much she liked Mark Grace, and I was like, "Give me them digits." Yeah, using another dude as your wingman. Hell yeah, a cardboard dude. Yeah. Cardboard wingman, how'd it go? Didn't work. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. What a fucking asshole. How dare she, was. she not give you that phone number after you mailed her a marker? Did well, you she put, gave me her address. Was it in a rigid top loader? A what? You know, a little plastic. Did you put it in the uh, plastic? No. I just That's fucking. That's why, dude. Because I didn't think she was going to have those same standards as me when it, it came to baseball you cards. You always assume she's going to have those standards, man. Yeah, Come I guess on. so. Sarah, sorry. Sorry, Sarah, on behalf of Adam Todd Brown, I'm sorry. Yeah. God damn and it. And on behalf of Jose Canseco and Mark Grace, I'm very sorry, Sarah. Yeah. If you're still at that same address, I'm going to fire out another Mark Grace rookie yeah. to you. Like a good 25 cent purchase <laughs> on the old eBay. Yeah. If you could send me 65 cents in return. Actually. <laughs> More expensive. The card or the stamp. Now think? that I think about it, I didn't send it. Because what happened is I I was like, I sent the card because we had talked about it. And I said I was going to send this card. And I didn't want to seem like 
desperate, even as a kid, I didn't want to seem like, oh, I'm just sending you a card because I like you. So I asked her to send me 35 cents back. And then after I sealed it, I was like, that's lame. I shouldn't do that. And then I just never reopened it and resent it. Oh. And then the first day of school the next year, she was like, you never sent me that card. Here you go. Yeah. Here you still go. had it. I know. But by then, it's like I already went through all could have played work. it cool and you could have been like, yeah, man, sorry. I was pretty busy, but here you go. Yeah. Bam. I got You're robbed. A cool guy. I got robbed on the way to the <laughs> post office. I got robbed by Mark Grace. <laughs> so you mailing my fucking cards? Yeah. <laughs> you mailing my fucking cards? Mail them out, kid. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So, yeah, he was pretty fucking great. He was a fucking beast, man. Immediately. But one thing worth noting, and I don't know how it lines up with him going from double A to triple A, where his batting average goes up by 100 percentage points. But around this time, he also tries steroids for the first yeah. time. Yeah. And this is this comes into a lot of family pain. Yeah. His mom died. Yeah. In 84, he gets a call and hits his sister and she's like, you got to come home fast. And he was like, all right. And his mom had been suffering from headaches before that. And she went into a medically induced coma, I believe. She went into a coma. By the time he got there, she was she was on a ventilator. Yeah, yeah she was he a vegetable. Was, she was brain dead. And he makes her a promise because yeah. she'd never seen him play professional baseball. So she makes him this promise that, or he makes her this promise that he is going to become the greatest baseball player. It's funny because I was listening to an interview with him where somebody recanted this story to him and he kind of is like, well, there's a bit of a tall tale aspect to that because my mother had already gone when I made this promise. And he's like, and I also said I would become the greatest player I possibly could. And people kind of took that as being like, he said he was going to be the greatest baseball player in a whole world. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, no, I was kind of just telling my dead mom that I was going to try my hardest in a prayer. What's crazy is this version of the story also comes from Jose Canseco. Wow. From an interview with Oprah Winfrey. And this is going to tie into a theme that we're going to have for the next five and a half episodes, which is which story of Jose Canseco's is correct. Right. Because there is a lot of back and forth. There is a lot of him going back, misremembering things purposefully, misremembering things accidentally. It's interesting. It is, yeah. I'm interested to see how my opinion of him is impacted by doing research into him. Yeah, because it's studying him now. It's like it's a yeah. science project instead of just being like, oh, so they can say go. Yeah, you go into that one way, like we did the Nirvana podcast, and we all went in just really avid Kurt Cobain fans and came out the other end going, yeah, the music's fine, but that guy was the biggest dick in the history of the world. Sure, yeah. He I was don't... a terrible fucking person. Yep. And maybe we'll find out Jose Canseco's great, and he's just... I don't think he's a bad person. Yeah. I think a lot of the, I don't want to say cult of personality, but sort of the reputation that he has garnered, I think there is a bit of a mix of circumstantial evidence. Right. I think 
because we'll talk about this later, but like he gets arrested for battery on his first wife. Oh, and yeah. He didn't hit her. Their cars hit. Oh, like, okay. Their cars bumped into each other. And Weird. that was it. And it's like, I don't necessarily think that it was like a complete accident, but the image that I had is that he was beating his wife. Punching his wife with his massive yeah. and he said there was, tree stump arm. Yeah, right? Like, woof. Yeah. So his mom dies in 84, and then he's just like, I'm going to start taking some roids. Yeah. Well, what he does is he makes his mom this promise, and then he goes and seeks out a friend who he suspected was using performance-enhancing drugs. And this is a quote. I asked him, what could I use to become bigger, faster, stronger? I started there using PEDs. And so this was 84. Yeah. So all of that. That was back when steroids were, like, real iffy, too. Yeah. Stuff now, you can probably let me be like, oh, yeah, this gets me bigger. Yeah, back, back then. then like, this is for horses. Right, right. You're going to become a horse with this. Have you ever looked into the history of steroids and sports? I listened to a lot of it. When I was doing the Barry Bonds book, they cover a lot of it. Do they cover that first San Diego Chargers team? No. There's a, I think it's the 64 Chargers are credited <laughs> credited with being the first major professional sports team to really embrace steroids. And in 65, they were great. Hell yeah, they were. <laughs> they were fantastic. Oh, hell yeah. Just a fucking bunch of sacks of muscle. And that's the thing about steroids. Like, Jose Canseco has made the argument that steroids, like, they help, but... They don't help a baseball player that much. Yeah, you don't get better at baseball. You get better at the strength-based concepts. Well, what you get better at is recovering. Yeah. And what's well, well, what's really interesting about the baseball scandal is, or the steroid scandal is we always talk about the home run hitters, but by position... Pitchers. Pitchers were the most suspended position during the steroid scandal. And it's because pitching... You need to recover fast. I pitched when I played baseball, and it wrecks your fucking arm. Like, your arm throbs for days after that. And recovering faster from something like that is going to be a huge benefit. Yeah. But it doesn't help your hand-eye coordination. No, you're not going to make better contact. No. You'll just hit the ball further if you You might be able to swing a little faster, but that's not going to Bat speed. Yeah. Better bat Like, speed. it doesn't not help. Right. Jose Canseco saying it's overrated. Well, maybe it's overrated, sure, but it certainly does. It does help. Because home runs are based on bat speed, not how big the arms are of the person that swings. Right. So I guess the more muscle you put on, obviously, the faster your bat's going to move. You can't pretend that that's not the thing. Well. But at the same time. That doesn't hold true with pitchers. The bigger your arm is, your arm speed actually goes down after well, a while. I would think so, because that's like a catapult. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why tall guys make great pitchers. Yeah, they do. Because they have that longer fucking stupid fucking arm. Randy Johnson looking like a fucking fucking hitting seagulls with their pitches. Oh, <laughs> let's do an entire season about Randy Johnson Dude, hitting that seagull with a fastball. I, when Zach from Portugal, the man was a kid in Arizona when he was like 16. He saw Randy Johnson at like 4 a.m. at a general store because <laughs> he was going fishing or something he used to go up there to go yeah. fishing and he's just like that's a weird thing to have to process at four o'clock in the morning fuck yeah just be like i think that's celebrity pitcher and gross giant randy johnson yeah i shared an elevator ride with kareem abdul jabbar once and was like what do i do what do i do did i tell you when i babysat those four basketball legends no i got a job as a pa on um nba finals bumpers 
that were like brought to you by 22 Jump Street. So here was my job. Job one, I had to be Channing Tatum's lighting double to make sure they could get all the lighting right. Then I had to go write Ice Cube's cue cards. (laughs) Fun. Cube cards, as I like to say. Cube cards, sure. Did that did not go well, by the way. They did not like my writing style. They were like, you write like a fucking idiot. And I was like, I told you that before you made me do it. (laughs) Uh, My writing is not neat. And then I just had to go and hang out upstairs of a boys and girls club in Santa Monica and babysit Dr. J, Robert Ori, Clyde Drexler, and Moses Malone. Jesus. And I have a photo of Moses Malone just staring longingly outside of this. (laughs) I was like, click. Violating an NDA. Hell yeah. And he was watching Ice Cube take pictures of Ride Along on Blu-ray. Because that's what Ice Cube was doing everywhere. He'd be like, Ride Along on Blu-ray. Get it. Was he just carrying a copy with him so he could yes. whip it out when he takes pictures with people? Yeah. That's smart. No, he would go to other like certain areas and he would just be like, let's take this photo of me holding a copy of Ride Along on Blu-ray. You know, when you smart. Want yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, we had a wonderfully catered meal and he demanded El Pollo Loco. Oh, come on. And I was like, wow, that's gross. Pretty, that's pretty down to earth. And then somebody else said, no, that's just hood shit. Yeah, I don't like El Pollo Loco. That's yeah, probably because it's gross. Yeah. So back to Jose Canseco. He gets called up to the majors in 1985. Yeah, because they were like, get this beast into the fucking A. Yeah, and it it's at the end of 85. So again, I'm assuming it's during the roster expansions that happen in September so teams can get ready for the playoffs. playoffs yeah. Because the baseball season, if you're listening to this just not as a sports fan at all, the baseball season, grueling. And it's culminating to an end right now. We're in mid-September, so we're yeah, getting, yeah, we're, we're yeah. It's the home stretch. This is where we were watching a Cubs Cardinals game with huge playoff implications yeah. right before we started recording this. So he comes up for a little bit. It's just a little while. It's the playoffs. He's probably not getting a lot of play, but we see. And I'm going to quote this article here because there's an article in March of '86. So we're talking spring training time. Right. A 1986 New York Times article says, and I quote, weightlifting has molded Jose Canseco into a slugger whom a sculptor would cherish. At six feet, four inches and 225 pounds, he has the shoulders of a door jam. He's square jawed and slim hipped. Better yet, he appears to be slim headed, as yet unaffected by the commotion he's created as baseball's most touted young slugger. Steroids aren't going to keep that head small forever. Nope. No, that's. That's going to grow. Yeah. Put on. That thing's filled with secrets now. Barry Bonds, I think his head grew seven hat sizes when he started taking the Grinch. Yeah. Like, oh, that's not weird at all. I've just been in the gym. What? Just working on my neck. Wednesday's head day. (laughs) Just (laughs) clenching his jaw over and over again. Imagine that, your fucking crow magnon dome to go seven sizes too big. (laughs) Like, where do you get hats? Yeah, like I'm novelty 10 gallon hats is the only hats you can wear. I feel like everyone I know is probably like a six and three quarters to a seven and a half. I think I'm like a seven and a half. Yeah, like I'm a large. So what Barry Bonds was wearing a size 13 hat or something. What the fuck? Barry Bonds bobblehead day to to scale (laughs) to scale. You ever think the guy like the equipment manager at the fucking Giants was just like, okay, Barry. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. we'll get you a size 18 hat. Yeah, we'll special order that batting helmet for you. <laughs> they just put a punch bowl on his head. <laughs> Fucking football helmet. Uh, Jose Canseco was an Adonis. He was. He was. He was, a he was an beautiful man. Ma- yeah, he was. Who fucked Madonna. Yeah. As a well, result. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the sex book. 
why wouldn't you fuck Madonna? Yeah, I mean, in '89 or whatever. Given like, the choice, yeah, Big that's Daddy Kane, prime, prime Madonna. Yeah, yeah, that's Justify My Love era Madonna. That's pre Rodman Madonna. Mm, there it is. There yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. He you don't want to go to Madonna after Rodman because you can never compete you with compete Rodman. With Rodman. Yeah, I bet he's got a fucking sea cucumber down there. And not only that, but he's probably just like, all right, now fucking bite a piece of my skin off. It's fine. I like it. <laughs> yeah. You know? We're going to slaughter a goat after shit. this. Yeah. You ever done that? It's yeah. Fun. How do you go back to the vanilla ass regular sex of a person? Yeah, Jose after... Canseco. Yeah. I bet Jose Canseco just fucked like a horse. Yeah. I like, feel like just... he probably wasn't good at it. No, but I feel like he was. He gave it a I shot. I feel like he was an experience. It's like climbing a mountain. Well, yeah. I mean, who's not going to fuck Jose? Like, we're saying who's not like, going to fuck 89 Madonna? Who's not going to fuck 89 Jose Canseco? I'll fuck 89 Jose Canseco. Yeah, are you kidding me? Just I for was, the story. I was seven to eight at the time, but, you know, I'll give it a try. Yeah. I liked him. You don't know what he's into. I collected all his cards. Right. 89 score. He was card number one in that set. Oh, really? Yeah, he was. Nice. Took forever to get that. So, yeah, still more Mickey Mantle comparisons yeah, after... Lifting. He, yeah, weightlifting. Weightlifting made him big. That's what was sculpted it? him. The weightlifting? Was it just the weights, you think? Just the weights. Pure oh. weights. And, yeah, like I said, we'll link to all of these. There's another L.A. Times article from April 20th, Stay High All Day, y'all, 1986, where they ask Mickey Mantle about these comparisons to Jose Canseco. And Mickey Mantle, I shit you not, at the time, was promoting a baseball instruction video. Oh, like, yeah. He was probably too drunk to move at that point, but marketing a baseball workout video. And in this LA Times article, he's like, Yeah, I've never heard of him, but he sounds like sounds he's fine. Sounds like he's pretty good. Which by that time everyone had heard of Jose Canseco. Yeah. Like if you were just tangentially related to baseball, you knew who Jose Canseco was. I love was. Jose Cuervo. I don't know. You don't even know. Mickey Mantle seems like the kind of drunk that would drink thirty beers at a time. Oh, like yeah. That was the kind of alcohol he was pulling in. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've been in that position. Like when I was drinking, oh, man, I could put away an 18 pack in a night for sure. Yeah. Like if you let me get started when I'm not tired and just sit down and plow through it. And let me tell you, it's a bad way to live. It's not a good life. You do not wake up feeling good. No, no, and you uh, don't go to bed feeling good either. No, it's a nightmare. And and you don't have Mickey Mantle's genetics yeah. to chase that down. You weren't and, hitting home runs in the 60s? No, no. Do you know I pulled a Mantle autographed card out of a pack? Oh, really? Uh, chase, 92, score the franchise, Mickey Mantle. Number 1458 of 2,000 personally autographed cards. The same kid who stole my copy of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out and then sold it back to me on the premise that he stole it from someone else who stole it from me also stole my Mickey Mantle autograph cards and sold them. We should kill that guy. Oh, he died recently. Oh, yeah? I found that out on Facebook, oh. and I was like, oh, yeah, fucking sucks to be you, pal. Guess those NBA dreams didn't work out. Yeah, he was uh, fucking killed by Mickey Mantle. Yeah, yeah. Drunk uh, driving. Joe DiMaggio killed him for me. Where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? <laughs> so, yeah, by the time he gets called up, people are already telling him that he is the next Mickey Mantle, which is dangerous. You want to hear that when you're 22 or whatever. yeah. I'd be like, yeah, okay. There's Should a I lot of now? <laughs> There are a lot of players from this era who when they first start playing 
people are like, oh, they're going to be the greatest of all time. And then they just flame out so spectacularly. Sure, Daryl Strawberry. Well, Daryl Strawberry very flamed out in a cocaine flame. Right. Dwight Gooden, too. Dwight Gooden, I think he threw a no-hitter against the Cubs his rookie year. Yeah, he was dominant. He was 19. Yeah. And then I remember after he got suspended for cocaine the first time, I was watching ESPN or whatever, so I would have been like 8, 9 when this happened. And I remember Dwight Gooden comes back from this cocaine suspension and there's this quote in an article where he's like yeah beer is my thing now and this person on tv was like nope he is just gonna keep doing cocaine and he was right he was like nothing should be your thing right now yeah just beers yeah i mean if you're doing cocaine and you have to switch to get the equivalent of beers that's 180 beers it's a completely different high too yeah. Like, you're not going to get a cocaine high from beer. Cocaine's every, a stimulant. Every sport should have to have cocaine. Yeah. There were a bunch of aggressive dudes with giant hearts running around. There were rumors that Lefty Frizzell, who was the head coach of the Maryland Terrapins men's basketball team, often would encourage players to use cocaine as stimulant. a stimulant. I don't know if you, being from Boston, recall... But there was a player from Maryland who uh, very famously died shortly after being drafted by the Boston Celtics. Len, Len Bias's heart exploded. Yeah, that is the most effective anti-drug ad of my entire childhood. Well, he was supposed to be like the next Jordan. Kind he of was, thing. yeah. Like he was, and, so and that, by the way, destroyed the Celtics. It did. They gave up everything to get that draft pick. And it wrecked them for years. And yeah, I remember as a kid, my grade school had this poster that had all the different drugs. And then it had a picture next to each one that was supposed to be like what it does to you. And the picture next to PCP was a guy turning into a werewolf. So I was like, oh, I really want to try PCP (laughs) as soon as I can. I love that because that is a great way to describe what PCP does to you. it, It was great. It was a perfect example of it. But I was also like, I would do that. I would 100% do PCP. But when the Len Bias thing happened, I was like, I'm never doing powder cocaine. And powder cocaine, well, I've still never done, like, heroin. crack, though. Right. And that's the thing. Like, it took me forever to try powder cocaine. And not that great. And it's because of the Len Bias thing. Because I remember around that time, there were all these stories that were like, uh, some people are just allergic to it and their heart explodes the first time they try it. It's like, that'll be me. So you would say that you were biased towards cocaine what do you mean bias. like buy it like oh red shit bias, like bias. yeah <laughs> fuck yeah that was good i know that was pretty good thank you oh hey hello hi this is adam co-host of the podcast you're listening to right now just dropping in to let you know that i'll be doing a live episode of the universally adored unpopular opinion podcast this month in new york city august 28th at caveat nyc 4 p.m start time you'll be home in plenty of time to rest up for work the next day i'll be joined on the pod by alex schmidt four-time jeopardy champ and host of the secretly incredibly fascinating podcast sliceberg slim my co-host on an unpops podcast called pod six and a music producer who makes the theme songs for a bunch of pods on the network and comedian calice hawkins 
a fantastic comic who writes for every television show you watch. Tickets are just $15 in advance or $20 at the door, so get them early. And hey, if you can't make it to New York, you can still watch the show. Live stream tickets are available for just $10. In-person and live stream tickets both are available at unpops.co slash NYC or at the Caveat NYC website, which, fittingly enough, is caveat.nyc. Or just go look at our pinned tweet at Unpops. And hey, we'll see you there. Thanks. We love you. Let's get back to the show. So he gets called up. He's a fucking stud in 85. So in 86, Donris puts out the Jose Canseco rated rookie. The rated the rated rookie card, everybody. Gem Mint 10. Gem Mint 10. This thing was worth, at one point, like $150. Yeah, it was nuts. It was so fucking valuable. And it's, I think, indicative of the problem with baseball cards back then. We did an episode of the 90s sucked about the decline of the baseball card industry. And mm. we talk about a documentary in that called Jack of All Trades. Yeah. Which you've watched, I think, yeah, yeah, was, since then. Yeah, uh, Stone. And at the end of that documentary, they're opening packs pack and 80, packs and pack packs of, of 86. Got, I thought he got one pack of 86 Donruss. No, he had one box. So I think it's like 22 packs or something like that. And not a single well, Jose, like, we'll Canseco. Get Jose Canseco. And his dad says it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack getting a Canseco. Yeah. But if you were a baseball card dealer, you knew how to get Jose Canseco's. And that was the whole problem, is they seemed very scarce, but people in the know could get them. Would you do buy factory sets? Yeah, you could buy factory sets, or you could go directly to the manufacturer. That's what happened with the Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. Dude. Is they ran out and then started printing them up like money when they shouldn't have. Yeah. And it flooded the market and kind of killed the baseball card industry. They still deny they did that. Yeah, but they did. Upper deck. Yeah. We I remember know. one of my favorite things about baseball cards was when Fleer came in, they had no quality control. So the amount of error cards that Fleer put out is utterly insane. Fleer cards always felt flimsy to me. Like it, Fleer, yeah. It felt like they were going to get damaged. I remember they had those white borders that weren't Some, great. Yeah. The but, 84 Fleer anyway. Yeah. I mean, when I'm thinking of Fleer, I'm thinking of more like that. 86 to 88. Oh, yeah. There's so many fucking error cards. There's the Randy Johnson with a giant Marlboro ad in the back. <laughs> There's uh, the Billy Ripken fuckface card, which yeah. is one of my favorite. I have a t-shirt of that card. There's a Billy Martin one, too, where he's holding he's holding a baseball bat like it's a cane. He's leaning on it like a walking stick, and he's clearly giving the camera the middle finger like his Middle finger is going down the front of the bat, and the rest of his fingers are so funny. Yeah. I think, like, the 87 or 88 Fleer set has this ridiculous amount of errors in it. Oh, really? Like like an out-of-control, like, I think, like, 70 cards had errors on them. Yeah, baseball cards then were such, like, everyone collected baseball cards. Yeah, man. And that Jose Canseco rookie, I had, I think I only had one. I have one now. Uh, What'd you pay for it now? I bought a set of Jose Canseco rookie cards. I got the 86 tops traded, the 87 tops. I got the 86 Donruss, the 86 Donruss, the rookies. I got 86 Fleer, 87 Fleer, 87 Donruss, and 
86 score, I want to say. Did they come oh, out? Oh, wow. Did score exist? I got eight, I think, cards. Oh, I'm like saying it like I don't have And what'd you, what'd you pay for them? Uh, $35? <laughs> yeah, the market has kind of bottomed out for Jose Canseco rookie cards. Yeah, but like at the same time, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's cool if you just want the card. It was a for me. I wanted it so bad. Yeah, and you got me a Bo Jackson rookie card. I did. Which Indeed. I forgot about those future stars cards. Yeah, I saw that one in a comic book shop that I went to. I was at That's Entertainment in oh, yeah. Mass. And I saw it and I was like, I'm going to get this for Adam. And I did. Well, thank you. Well, you're welcome. I'm like finding, because I took some photos, I laid them out. Uh, and I'm trying to find literally the, the cards you uh, bought. Jose Canseco ones because I fucking like the 86 Donruss I wanted so bad, aggressively bad. And it's such a ridiculous card because Jose Canseco has the craziest it's like a dirt, wisp of a mustache. A, he's got a dirt stash. And he says in the Jack of All Trades documentary that it's the last time he ever tried to grow a mustache, which understandable because he looks absurd. Yeah. So I have. The 86 and 87 Fleers. I have the 86 Donruss Highlights, the 86 Donruss The Rookies, and the 86 Donruss Rated Rookie. I have the 87 Donruss as well as the 86 um, Tops Traded and the 87 Tops Traded with the little, you know, rookie with the... The 86 Traded was his Tops Rookie card. Correct. Right? Yeah. With the pink back instead of the, like, gray, grainy. Yeah, like, I used to look back. forward to those every year. Those were fun. See, I had that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I had the that one, one I too. had. I bought it for ten dollars. I saved up my money because <laughs> I fucking loved Jose Canseco. Yeah. And my best friend, who eventually became my foster brother, he was a big Will Clark fan. Ooh. And that was '86 as well. And so we used to like see whose would be more valuable. Yeah, that's the thing. Jose Canseco, after he gets called up, he wins rookie of the year in 86 yep he sure does and it seems well yeah obviously jose canseco would win rookie of the year but that was such an insane year for rookies in baseball yeah i mean when you look at who got second place it's something because it's uh a guy i forgot about until you brought him up to me uh, Wally, Wally Joyner. Joyner. Yeah, who he was, was a great player. Who was fantastic, fantastic and was very bitter that Jose Canseco won because he felt like he deserved MVP. And he had a strong case. Like, there were a lot of great rookies that year. And it was such a tough year. There was one guy in the majors who hit 30 home runs as rookie season, didn't get a single vote for rookie of the year, which that's insane. Well, Who's that guy? We don't even fucking know. So I guess we're right. Was it Danny Tartable? No, I don't think it was Tartable. God damn it. I have it in the notes here. It's an article from 86. And like I said, we'll link to yeah. all of these. So, yeah, he won. Wally Joyner had like a better average, I think. Right. It was all very equal. Jose Canseco got it. It was Pete Incavelia. Pete Incavelia. Remember Pete Incavelia? I do. I remember that entire fucking all of those rookie cards because that was one of the first years where I was into baseball cards enough where I could be like, all right, the cards are coming out. We're going to get these fucking rookies. Yeah. Pete Incavelia. Corey Seager, I think, was another one. Was that his Ooh, name? I don't know. I don't know. Because Bo Jackson had an 86 tops traded, didn't Corey he? Corey Snyder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did? Did Bo Jackson have an 86 tops traded, or was he straight to 87? I think he was straight to 87. And remember, Mark McGuire's rookie card was that weird Olympics card. 
that came out 85. in the 85 Tops set. There is an 86 Tops traded Bo Jackson. How did Mark McGuire make the Olympics and not Jose Canseco? Well, I guess Jose Canseco was already you pro. To, yeah. Did Mark McGuire go to college? He must have. Yeah, Mark McGuire is like two years younger than yeah. Canseco. But there is. There is a an 86 tops traded Bo Jackson. Oh, wow. So I, prob- I would have had that also. Yeah. Hard to find. It's a little pricey. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, there are still some cards from around that time that are worth some cash. There's some sets that are worth some money, but for the most part, not really. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and it's stirring up some nostalgia and you want to go hunt down a Jose Canseco rookie. I did, man. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to get this. Yeah, because now it's easy. They're cheap. Yeah. Everywhere. It wasn't that way when I was a kid. I had to like try real hard. Yeah, that's what I liked about baseball card collecting at the time is it was always, you were always on. You were always fucking looking. Yeah. For something, and even if it was just some bullshit card to finish your set, I remember my dad brought me home a Lester Hayes NFL card. Remember Lester the? They called him Lester the Molester, and before it meant children, right? He was a safety for the Oakland Raiders, and I think Los Angeles Raiders at the time. And it was the last card I needed to finish this set of football cards, and my dad brought it home, and I was like, "Oh shit, Lester Hayes." And who the fuck cares about Lester Hayes? You know what's funny is I remember reading this book about this kid whose grandfather played baseball. And he was a common player, but he couldn't find his card. And then some kid he knew found the card, like had the card, and he would only trade it for a 52 mantle (laughs) that the kid had. Yikes. And so it was like, I remember that being like the whole thing. But like somebody thought to write that book during that craze. Somebody yeah. thought like they were going to write an O. Henry story about fucking <laughs> baseball cards. So it wasn't even a true story. No, it was just some. Oh, Jesus. It was just some young adult. But I had the book. I bought the book, man. Because that's a fun story if it really happened. Yeah. And the whole book is like, fuck my dad. I wish I had that Mantle card. Right? It'd be so much better. Yeah, that 52 Mantle didn't go down in price. No, that's still worth some money. It's an $80,000 card. There's an episode of Superstore, which is arguably the best comedy on television right down the street right now yeah they film it. they have the whole building right there yeah cloud nine superstore is very close to where we record this and there's an episode i don't remember how they come across it but the store manager has a mickey mantle rookie card and he's like oh baseball cards these aren't worth anything anymore and just fucking tosses it someone finds it in the trash later that's funny but there was also an episode of uh, family matters about that baseball card oh really yeah where like Urkel convinces Johnny Gill to come sing for Laura <laughs> in exchange for the card. Did he sing Rub You the Right Way? I hope so. Me too. And he probably did. Yeah. So yeah, Jose Canseco, he wins Rookie of the Year in 86. Yeah. Quite an accomplishment. Is 86 wasn't the 40-40 year, right? Nope, that's going to be 87. That was in the, the next year. Yes. Which is the next thing we're going to talk about on this podcast. Because the thing about the Oakland A's... In the 80s, they had players win Rookie of the Year three years in a fucking row. Might as well have called it the Oakland 80s. (laughs) Right? Woo! Because it's Canseco. Canseco. And then then Mark McGuire. And then, of course, the best of all, Walt Weiss. Walt Weiss. Walt Weiss. Thank you. I had already forgotten his name. Walt Weiss. Since we looked it up minutes before starting this. And a couple years later, Ozzy Canseco 
does not get the rookie of the Ozzy Canseco. We yeah, we haven't even mentioned Ozzy Canseco. Ozzie, yeah, Jose has a twin brother. <laughs> his twin brother who's also a baseball player, yeah. but came out second. Got a little bit less nutrients than Jose, yeah. but still got a little little nick in the baseball region of his brain on the way out. Not still quite as pros, good though. Yeah. He was a professional baseball player. It's funny that you can, like, when you look at, like, what we call common players, God, this fucking loser. It's like, that's one of the 200 greatest players. Yeah. Alive. Yeah. Anyone you know? playing professional sports in any capacity is a rare breed of person. That's why I loved that show, Pros versus Joes. Oh, yeah. I used to love that show so much. I don't think I ever watched it, but I know you, you need to take that poster on Pawn Stars. Right? I feel like there's a market for that. It's such a weird, limited thing, though. Because who are the people that signed it? Everybody on season three. Ricky Williams is on it. Yeah, see, there's some great autographs on that. That would be yeah. a, a rarity. People Joe, would buy it. Joe Carter. Oh, yeah. I can tell you if you want. <laughs> Jamal Anderson, Alan Houston, Bob Sapp. Bob Sapp was on it, Adam. There was he Bob, you know, Bob Sapp. The Bob Sapp? Warren Moon's in there. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, man. Kurt Angle. Ricky Williams, Rocket Ismail's in there, Warren Moon, Jesse Armstead, Paul Coffey, John Randall, Jeff George. Uh, See, you could sell that. I, you'd think so, but I, I just I think it's such a limited market. Big market for Jeff George autographs. Yeah, people would be like, if it was just the Rocket Ismail. <laughs> so that's our, that's episode one of Jose Can Say Cast. Yeah. Kendall Gill. Oh, very Gill. Uh, famous depression sufferer. Arturi, Arturo Gotti, Charles Oakley. Kenny Anderson, Rahib Ishmael, Joe Carter, Jesse Armstead, Derek Coleman. Oh, wow. Marty McSorley, blacklisted from hockey. Marty McSorley. Uh, Warren Moon, Nick Van Exel, Al Lader, Christian Okoye, Paul Coffey, Dan Maherly, John Randall, John Franco, Mitch Richmond, Brady Anderson, Sean Elliott, Jeff George. Okay, we get the idea. It's a pretty cool. It is. But that's, oh, yeah, we're doing a Jose Canseco podcast. That's our episode. That is. I'm excited. I'm excited about really diving into this. I'm excited to talk about the Bash Brothers. Yeah. Like, because just, it, Jose Canseco's story up to this point is pretty, aside from. Tame, other than. Aside from making your mom a promise that you'll take all the steroids you can so you can hit a bunch of home runs. Aside from that part, yeah. it's pretty standard He'd baseball been experience. Drafted yeah. at the time, too. Yeah. He was already in the pros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm excited to dive deeper into this guy's life and to learn more about him. And there's a lot. There's a lot about him. And there's a lot available. He's yeah. put himself on a lot of television screens. Yeah, he's talked about these things a lot because he's had books to sell. Well, he's had books to sell. He's been doing a lot of interviews. He's done a lot of different reality shows. Three different reality shows that I can think of. Fought right Danny Bonaducci. Four different reality shows. Yeah. Because uh, I forgot about celebrity boxing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, he was on The Surreal Life. He was on The Celebrity Apprentice. He had an A&E, I think, documentary about him trying to kick the roids. Didn't he just stop taking them? No, because your body stops producing testosterone. Oh, that's a problem, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> that's why Bob had bitch tits. Uh, in, uh, bitch tits. In Fight Club. Oh, yeah. That's why Meatloaf had those big tits. Is that he was, why? Because he was a juicer. Oh. Yeah. Well, he's also Meatloaf. His name is Meatloaf. Remember that Anything for Love video when he's a hideous man and then she like hugs him and gives him love and then he turns into Meatloaf and she's probably like, oh, you can just go back to that. Yeah, you're still a hideous man. Yeah, this wasn't Pretty a, much. This this worse. Was a lateral move. Yeah. <laughs> so that's our, that's episode one. We'll yeah. be back in two weeks with 
episode two. And in between that, premiering another biography podcast. All right. What's that? With me and Travis Clark and Andy Sell called Podcast Supernova. Can you guess what it's about? Oh, no. It's about Oasis. <laughs> Jose Oaseco. <laughs> it's about Oasis. Oasis. Oasis Conseco. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) So check that out. And those two podcasts will be running uh, alternate weeks for the next three months. Yeah. So that's going to be your Fridays going forward, people. Most of my research is going to be watching the Lonely Island Bash Brothers special. Which was pretty good. I watched most of it. I'm going to rewatch it. It's like a 30-minute music video. I was watching it while I was away. And so I couldn't watch it until like little bits. Yeah, it's funny stuff. Yeah, so next episode, we're talking about the Bash Brothers, yeah. Mark McGuire. The golden age. Jose Canseco. We still got to take that picture for the cover of this oh, podcast. We'll get, we'll get there. We got our yeah. Canseco jerseys. Yeah. Should we find Zubas? Zubas, <laughs> no, dangling. But yeah, but no. Dangling earrings, Oakleys. I think this is fine. We'll do I good. should be fine. <laughs> All right. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Uh, you guys know Mint on Cards the second Friday of every month. You can check me out on Tom and Jeff Watch Batman. You know. Thanks for being a patron. The things. Check out all the things. Check out Jose Canseco. Follow him on Twitter. He's a fun follow. Yeah, I don't follow him. I should. Oh, yeah, I'm right. In, yeah. All right. Time to follow Jose Canseco. What about you? What do you guys to plug? Not much. There's going to be some changes to the network coming soon. Oh, yeah? Big, big changes. We're uh, going to be changing the way you subscribe to the podcast because Patreon's kind of a nightmare. Patreon sucks, dude. So be on the lookout for that. Bolo! Be on the lookout. Oh, okay. Bolo. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Jeff, say goodbye. You get the literal Jose Canseco (laughs) rookie card, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Give me a 10. 